Hello and welcome to BSD Talk number 52. It's Friday, July 7, 2006. In the news, the BSD Certification Group has announced that they're getting some people on board to help them develop their tests according to the scientific method, essentially. Macromedia has been adjusting their end-user license agreement so that it's not in violation of the EULA if you want to use it on their non-supported operating systems, although I think everyone in FreeBSD and other BSD land was using it anyway. There's been some additional improvements with Zen and NetBSD, which is the virtual machine technology. MiroS has announced their first public alpha of their Spark version of their operating system. I'd definitely like to get some of the MiroS people on here for an interview. And there's been some more work on DTrace and FreeBSD. So uh, lots of improvement, lots of new stuff is really happening in BSD land. And speaking of stuff happening in BSD land, here's an interview telling you about some of the neat stuff that's coming up. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Pavel Davidjek, and I'd like to thank you for coming on to the podcast. Yes, and thank you, Will, for taking the uh, interview with me. So one of the reasons I called you was regarding your addition of journaling to the UFS file system. So perhaps you could describe that a little bit and uh, describe what it does. Okay, so basically there, uh, there are really only a few major operating systems without journaling file system on the market currently. Actually, even now, after I implemented G-Journal, uh, FreeBSD is still one of them because uh, G-Journal isn't really a file system journaling. It is a block-level journaling which only has hooks to our journaling of file systems. Any file systems with just minimal uh, portion of uh, file system specific code. Uh, so it operates below file system level and provides journaling for both data and metadata uh, because actually I don't even have tools to separate the data uh, between metadata. So uh, I have to journal both, but actually uh, I prefer to journal both because there are uh, known races, uh, for example, when you journal only metadata. Uh, that's why I decided to journal both, and, and this is much cleaner uh, in journal design. It has also few nice side effects, if you can call them that way, uh, like avoiding uh, components uh, resynchronization on power failures or system crash uh, in mirror or write-free configuration, because you just know that the uh, mirror write-free devices uh, in consistent state. It can also be used to work around uh, the known reliability issue in uh, GBDE. So basically, uh, it has some few nice uh, purposes, uh, even if you don't want a journal UFS. But of course, uh, I know that most people will uh, use it uh, to only journal UFS. So... It can do it. 
Does it also get rid of background file system checks? Uh, yes, of course, because uh, it works. Background FS check was done uh, because uh, soft updates allow for this, because the only known inconsistency when you use soft updates are resource leak. So actually you can uh, just uh, run a background uh, FS check and reclaim uh, loose resources or something like this, like, I don't know, you can get more free blocks or something like this. Now, is this for UFS1 or UFS2? All my tests were done with UFS2, but I'm quite sure it will work with UFS1 as well. I'm currently writing uh, one thing in, in the journal. The thing is uh, how I handle uh, deleted but still open objects. If a process, for example, uh, keeps a file open and want to uh, remove it, there, there will be no file name which reference uh, the inode, but the inode still will be on disk and blocks will still be allocated on disk. So if you have power failure or crash uh, at this moment, you have uh, inode uh, which has to be freed uh, on next boot. And the G-Journal cannot help here. So what I do now is to move such uh, files or directories, uh, instead of uh, removing them, I'm moving them to uh, the deleted directory. So basically, one, uh, once file goes there, it cannot return back to file system, but uh, if you have power failure and you reboot the machine, mount can just uh, remove entire .deleted directory. So uh, the problem is gone, actually. But I'm trying to rewrite uh, the whole thing uh, now, because after publishing uh, the patches, there were some, there were some opinions uh, that this is not the best idea. So I decided to do it uh, in a quite different way. You will need FS check then, but uh, much, much faster version. So uh, it will not be that hard as FS check is now. Uh, it, it will only be used to uh, reclaim leaked inodes and blocks. Would you consider this code to be more complicated or less complicated than the soft update code? I think it's much, much less complicated because uh, one of the most bad things uh, you can tell about soft updates is how complicated the code is. Digital maybe isn't a trivial piece of code because uh, I do. Uh, there is a lot of code to optimize uh, operations uh, because I can optimize a lot then, there. But I, I still think that Digiurna uh, is less complex because it's, it is just totally separated piece of code. It's not integrated into UFS. And what version of FreeBSD do you need to run in order to use those patches? So currently uh, I published patches for uh, FreeBSD current and FreeBSD uh, 6 stable. If everything is going well, I'm planning to commit the journal to FreeBSD current, and after, I don't know, maybe two weeks of testing, I will try to merge it to 
FreeBSD 6, maybe before FreeBSD 6.2, but I'm not sure. And are you working on any other file system level projects? Maybe not on file system uh, projects because I'm not that skilled in this area. I'm trying to be because the new thing I'm implementing in Jujunal, I have to know uh, UFS on this cloud very well. So uh, I don't know, last two weeks I spent on uh, analyzing uh, UFS on this cloud. So maybe I will be better in file systems uh, in, in the near future. But currently uh, I was working on, for example, GELI authentication which was uh, quite a nice project because I don't know about any disk encryption frameworks that all also authenticate the data and and uh, which is most important to do it in a reliable way. So on PowerFail you don't have problems with, uh, I don't know, you have the data and uh, you have uh, hash uh, calculated on new data which uh, system wasn't able to store before be, before the crash so basically it was quite hard to uh, to do it and do it uh, to be crash resistant on or something like that so this was quite nice project and uh, to do it i spent few weeks on working on open crypto uh, framework i think i optimized it and cleaned up few things there so it's much nicer place to live i think the open crypto framework on my purpose branch i also have a nice geom class uh, which provides a multi-pathing and failover it's called uh, geom roam i don't know it it is more than two years old now, but I didn't have time to actually clean it up and commit. Uh, the code is ready, so I think I need to sit down and, and just clean it up and commit. So GELI is a disk encryption layer for Geom? Yes, exactly. Uh, it works uh, on the same level as GBD, but uh, just do the things uh, in other way than uh, GLI. And being an author of GLI, uh, I can do much more things with it. For example, uh, the thing I uh, just committed, the authentication code. So I think GLI has some really nice feature which uh, GBD uh, doesn't have, but maybe it will change. Yeah, I saw that GLI allows you to encrypt your disks with multiple keys in case an employee leaves or you forget one of your keys. But uh, actually, this idea was taken from GBDE. It was very nice. I really like it because uh, when you uh, design such uh, disk encryption uh, project, you need to uh, take into account that it can be used in companies, not only by users on uh, their desktop systems, but it has to be uh, easy, easy for use in, in, for example, company because this is the place where uh, you want to hide your data, mostly, of course, on desktops as well, but company data can be much more important. These all sound like a lot of interesting BSD projects. How did you get started working with BSD? Actually, uh, I was Amiga user a mm, long time ago. 
and I had no internet access, so uh, basically this was my world. At some point, fr a friend of mine, when I started study, uh, showed, showed me a free BSD. It was, I think, 4.3 or something, so I'm not the old school FreeBSD hacker, but I'm quite, uh, I'm quite new. And what editor do you use, and what is your development environment like? I'm quite aesthetic if you are asking about my uh, working environment because I'm using, I think, the smallest window manager ever. Uh, it's PWM. It's really small but has really nice support for uh, X terminals. Uh, so this is uh, my window manager. And as uh, text editor, I use Vim. Of course, I was VI user for many many years, maybe not years, but for a long time. And I switched to Vim, and and that's all. I don't really like to change anything in in my working environment. I I try to focus on code and on new projects than on uh, tuning my environment. And you mentioned that you keep your source code in a Perforce repository. Why did you yes, use Perforce right. over something like CVS or Subversion? I had no choice. <laughs> FreeBSD people uh, choose uh, Perforce before I started to use it. Uh, and actually, at that time, uh, there was no choice. Uh, there was Subversion, of course, but there was some, uh, I think, failed attempts to convert our CVS uh, repository to Subversion, but it uh, it didn't went well. Uh, so at that point, Perforce was the only choice, and Perforce is really great. So I think, actually, uh, most of the work is now uh, in Perforce. There are much more commits uh, to Perforce than to, to our CVS. It was a really great choice, and, and I really like to use it. Well, are there any other projects or topics that you want to talk about today? Actually, on my to-do list is from many months, I think, a Geom class which can do write 5, of course. Uh, I have many, many questions from users when I uh, finally implement it. But, of course, uh, this is too big project for for do it in my free time, so I'm not, I'm not yet sure what to do. Maybe I will look for a sponsor or something like this, but I don't think I will have free time to, to work on GWRITE 5. And in Summer of Code this year, I, I'm working again with uh, Ivan Voras, which is working on GView Store, which means th uh, this is a Geom virtual storage class, which allows you to define a very large provider, for example, I don't know, 4 terabytes or something like this. But you need only have small physical storage. And if you need more, you can just add more storage. And it will uh, split into hunks and just allocate uh, on demand. So it's quite a nice project. And I, I'm quite sure Ivan will do it. Thank you very much for speaking with me today. Okay, thank you, Will. We'll maybe catch up with you again when uh, the journal in UFS becomes part of a FreeBSD release. Yes, of course, or maybe on some of my other projects. That's right. Look forward to trying them out. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 
If you'd like to reach the archives or leave comments on the website, you can find it at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. Or if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 52.